There's a high-rise complex where vanity is not a sin, money is no object, where life is worth living for and death is worth dying for. This is Blinding Innocence. That's how they always start this ridiculous soap opera. Welcome to the place where everyone is just dying to live. That's a catchy tagline, isn't it? Dying to live. It's like the pun writers from Runaway Bride were hired. But the story. I mean, the story. If you're not watching this acclaimed daytime Emmy Award winning, sorry, multiple daytime Emmy Award winning soap opera, then, well, that's on you. I mean, it's the longest-running daytime drama to boot. Not even General Hospital can wrestle it from its high ratings. Wait, you haven't seen it? How could you not? It's on, like, every day. You know the premise. It takes place in this ridiculous high-rise condo called The Innocence, and it's just so perfect because, you know, no one is really that innocent. All the tenants have their secrets. I mean, their secrets have secrets. Like, their secrets are in Morse code. They're so secretive. But that's what makes all the drama. Am I right? Well, that and there's this wet spot in the entryway that just never goes away. We have no idea where it came from. But George bent down in yesterday's episode to smell it, and he thought it smelled like pee, but it didn't matter because Betty Lou tripped right in front of the spot and landed on George, causing his face to smash right into the spot. George pushed himself up from the tragedy that was Betty Lou Glick's unshaven legs, chafing his neck. It was a rug burn that would need cortisone. She pushed herself up from the floor and glared at George. You're a doorman, George, not a floor man, she hissed. Sorry, ma'am, he whispered. He wiped the wrinkles from his blue innocence uniform, rearranged his white gloves, and perfected the bellhop cap on the top of his head. We just had the carpet cleaners out yesterday, and this giant stain reappeared this morning. I was just checking to see what... Betty Lou brazenly cut him off. You think I care about the carpet? That's why I pay so much to live here, for you to worry about it. Um, but that was a lie. Any tenant she conversed with has always questioned that stain. What was it? And why wouldn't it go away? George didn't need to know this. He was beneath her. So she flipped her short hair so hard, the barrette shot from her hair like a missile, and it hit the antique vase on the side table that sat in the middle of the hall. It exploded, and pieces of tan and blue littered the carpet. It was one more thing for George to clean up. Betty Lou pressed the up button for the elevator, and as the doors opened, she walked in and noticed a bag of groceries sitting there with no owner. She pushed them to the side with her Louis Vuitton heel and rolled her eyes. They must belong to Miss Shady Business on the third floor. That poor fool was always leaving items all over the complex. It was amazing such a woman was allowed to live here. Her lips smirked in disdain, and then the lights flickered. 
Damn it. I got into the wrong elevator, she said aloud, and the elevator jolted, throwing her. She conked her head on the wall of the elevator car and collapsed to the floor next to the bag of groceries. It was going to be days before anyone saw Betty Lou again. Don't worry, Betty Lou doesn't die. The meanest ones never do. They live forever. There's always that one actor who's always around. Betty Lou has been in all 60 seasons, and she hasn't aged one bit. All the other characters come and go, but the writers have never addressed the fact that Betty Lou Glick always remains. There are wikis out there that have fan fiction about her being some kind of vampire, something akin to Dark Shadows, but the writers have also never addressed whether the actress that played Betty Lou, Donya Webb, is the same person. The credits have always stated that it's Miss Donya Webb. However, <laughs> if you go on the dark web and you look up Blinding Innocence, there are blueprints for a machine that can clone people. The producers are probably using the same mechanism to keep Donya Webb going. They must be on version 4.0. Danica Patrick slid from her white satin sheets. Wait, no. Danica Patrick is a race car driver. <clears throat> Danica Jamiroquai smoothly slid out from beneath her silk satin sheets. Wait! Jamiroquai wasn't her last name either. Jamiroquai was an English funk and acid jazz band from London that was popular in the 90s. And while Danica used to dance with her girls to virtual insanity at the clubs, Jamiroquai wasn't her last name either. Danica something or other stretched her languid long arms and slid from beneath her insanely satin sheets. As she began to rise from the bed, a hand reached out and grabbed her wrist and pulled her back into bed. Darling, she whispered to the man, I told you, last night was just that. One night, you know my intentions. I was bare with him before we went to bed. He chuckled. You bared more than your intentions last night. She mm-hmmmmed as she rose from the bed and turned around to see bare-chested Henrik laying there with his hands behind his head, waves of brown chest hair blowing in the breeze of the ceiling fan. Danica walked over to the bedroom wall and removed the Rembrandt painting. She placed it gently on the floor to reveal a spreadsheet. On it was every unit in the Innocence and quite a few check marks. I told you. I'm on a conquest. This is my third condominium complex, and I told you my goal. But why can't your goal end with me? You know how I feel about you, Henrik said. Danica looked down at her bare hands and realized she wasn't wearing her diamond ring. Looking up, she realized it was caught in the throes of Henrik's chest hair. I'm going to need that back, she said, pointing at his nipple. It's my good luck charm. What if I keep it here, he said, patting. What if I became your good luck charm? 
Danica sheathed herself with the thinnest robe known to man and waltzed toward the common room and on to the kitchen. After checking another conquest off her list, she began the day with a cup of black Colombian coffee. It was her ritual. I forget how many tenants live at the Innocence. Danica and Henrik are just a few. The show, though, is notorious for introducing new characters only to kill them off. That was the case for Poppy and David up on the 23rd floor. No one cared about their nutritional yeast storyline. They were killed off after only one episode. I think in the fire on the 23rd floor story arc. Let's hope that's not the case with Danica and Henrik. There was definitely some palpable heat, right? George had just finished steam cleaning the entry carpet for the fourth time this month, but it was only a matter of time before the mystery stain reappeared. He had sent an email to the super to see if it would be okay to spend more money on some Nest cameras, and it was unlike the super to wait so long to reply. Typically, George got what he needed to help keep the innocence in tip-top shape. He was the most exceptional doorman that had ever doormanned, so named by the award the complex gave him year after year. The revolving door turned, and just as George placed the carpet cleaner behind the desk, he looked up to see the innocent's most bizarre tenant walk through, dressed in mismatched colors, in what appeared to be not one, not two, not three, but four caftan dresses layered, shady business, had her right arm stretched out, holding on to a dog leash, and at the end of the leash was a harness holding nothing. George had heard about the invisible dog leash Ms. Business was rumored to be carrying around, but he had yet to witness it. Oh, oh, says Ms. Business cried out. Does your stomach hurt, Ms. Business? George asked. Shady didn't seem to have heard him and continued talking to the dog that wasn't there. We were just outside. What a mess you've made. Shady giggled, <laughs> pushed her giant black Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses to her forehead, and apologized to George. And to think you just cleaned the carpet. After I take ulcers back up, I can come down and clean this up for you. Oh, don't be silly, George said. It's no bother, really. Because honestly, it was no bother. The only bother was playing along with Ms. Business. You're too kind. I'm off to look for my groceries. I seem to have misplaced them. Have a lovely day, Mr. George. Just George, ma'am, he said. Have a lovely day, just George, she said, and walked the leash without a dog to the elevators. George waved her off and looked back to the carpet where the dog was. And to his horror, that damned stain was back, and it even looked larger than before. George picks up the phone. I said, George picks up the phone. When the phone rings, George picks it up like the best doorman that ever doormanned. Hello? What do you mean there's a large amount of blood on the 23rd floor? The 23rd floor was just renovated after that gruesome fire. 
All the blood should be gone. What do you mean there's new blood? No, I will not bring up the carpet cleaner. We need to call the police. Welcome to the Innocence, where everyone is just dying to live. Will Betty Lou ever be found? Will Henrik win over Danica What's-Her-Face's heart? Will Ms. Business ever find her groceries? And the most important question of them all, will George ever be able to get rid of that stain in the main entryway? Tune in next time for... Blinding Innocence!